Grace, mercy, and peace be yours today from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Sermon on the Mount is Jesus Christ's opening statement. Not one shred of it is unimportant. His opening statement is on this very topic. Christianity. In this sermon, our divine Lord deems it necessary to warn his faithful followers against two things. The service of money and worldly cares. True Christians, my friends, we are heavenly minded, but still, you're not there yet. You haven't reached heaven in this life. You are not of the world, but you are in the world. You are governed by the Holy Spirit, but your sinful flesh still clings to you. Your sins are forgiven in true repentance, but yet you still sin. And you know that in your flesh dwells nothing good. It's no wonder we cannot get rid of distressing thoughts. It's no wonder we can't get rid of fears about the future. We cannot rid ourselves of unstable feelings. And in our flesh, we also cannot get rid of wishes and desires for gain. For more money, for more property. No Christian can rid themselves of fear, distress, or selfishness. For in order for this to happen, you would have to be made rid of your own flesh. So, right now, those dangers, those thoughts, those desires of the flesh are not going away. It is then necessary for us to be warned by Christ, do not underestimate these dangers. Many a Christian has tried to escape fears and anxieties and desires by trying to withstand temptations coming at them until one day that they are finally taken, taken captive by their own flesh held captive by fear, held captive by worry, and by desire for money. Add all this together, and you've got the worry of money. Worrying about money is where these dangers truly come together. I've heard it said before that worrying about money is the worship of money. Because, well... We worship what or whom we fear. What do you fear more? Going bankrupt? An empty wallet? Or being spiritually dead broke? Because you know you should fear love and trust in God above all things. And I'm also sure that many of you know the older translation of our first gospel verse today. You cannot serve God and mammon. 
Mammon is not merely stuff. Mammon is the part of your gain that you use for the support of this body and life. Money that is set aside for an unforeseen event that is not being used at the present time is mammon. Now you can have mammon, but we are not to serve money. That is, we are not to look upon money as the means to ensure our happiness or to enhance our own prosperity. Now, to be sure, Christ does not say that it is wrong to have more than what you need for this body and life. No. There is a great difference between having a thing that serves you and serving that thing which you have. You may have money. You may possess wealth. And you are not required to throw away your surplus when God has blessed the work of your hands. But you are not to serve money. You are not to put your trust in it. You are not to make it a God of whom you adore. You are not to make it of God of whom that you would expect help from in a day of distress. And you are not to make it a God with whom that you would just loathe the day that it would depart from you. Why does Jesus Christ find it so important to warn us this? Why do we need to keep a close eye on the danger of serving money? Because the service to money is completely incompatible with the service to the one true God. Before even the mention of money, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. Even before the mention of money, this holds true in all cases. If two masters are walking together, the servant may follow both. What happens when the two masters part ways? I'll tell you what. You'll then see to which master that servant belongs. One of the masters must be forsaken. And yet, with God and money, those are two masters that never stand shoulder to shoulder. Those two, as masters, never work together in harmony. As masters, they are strictly opposed. Indeed, it is, as Christ says, the love of one excludes the love of the other. Christ says, you cannot serve God in money. Not that you should not. He doesn't even say, you must not serve God in money. Christ flat out communicates the impossibility of the double service. You cannot serve God in money. 
It's an impossibility. If you crave riches and the accumulation of wealth is the one great ideal in your life, if the almighty dollar is that from which you expect help, deliverance, health, happiness, happiness that can come to you to keep you from tribulation and misery, then you have turned service over to the other master. The service, that which you owe to the one true God and Father in heaven, that has been turned over to another, different God. God with a little g. You've severed your connection with the true God and have become an idolater. This is why we need to be watchful. We Christians, my friends, we need to be watchful over the evil desires of our hearts. We need to be watchful over our own tendencies, which dwell in us all in our flesh. And our tendency is to attribute to money that which is to be expected from God alone. So what is due to God? Well, due to God is love, honor, esteem, trust. But yet true forgiveness is due to the payment of the Son of God. We turn to God to repent. Because it is only him that we can turn to for the forgiveness of all our sins. Money is not going to forgive us. Serving money, even spending money, may make us feel better for a very short time. But forgiveness in Christ makes us feel better for eternity. And we must have forgiveness. It is essential. For in our flesh, we are tempted and attacked by evil desires. But yet, Christians... We are also given the power to oppose and the power to, to resist. We are given the power of the Holy Spirit to follow in our Lord's footsteps. Let us then consider and follow these footsteps. Our Lord Jesus Christ, when the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, the devil said to him, all these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. But yet we have worries, cares, many worries and cares of this world that we are tempted with. But what are these worldly cares that Christ warns us about? It's not all of them, because there are cares that are good, right, and salutary. Jesus convinces us of care for our own soul in the gospel. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It is as St. Paul says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, 
And especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So first of all, every Christian is commanded to care and look out for the salvation of his or her own soul. And every father to provide for his family the necessities of life. Commanded cares. These are cares that we are to have in this world. But the worldly cares that Jesus warns us against, they are of a different nature. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? He also adds, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? These are the worldly cares against, against which we are warned. The necessities of life that torment us. They worry us. They rob us of sleep. They disturb our peace. And any lack of these necessities would convince us that our future is gloomy. These are distrusting thoughts that merely look upon that which is in sight. Worldly cares do not take into consideration that there is a God who governs all. A true God whose supplies are unlimited. God, who has faithfully promised to provide in some way for every single one of his children. All that is required for you to care about is to be diligent in your vocations, in your callings. As a Christian, to be a good steward in proportioning your expenses as a Christian in church and as a family member at home and to pray for your daily bread. But do not be troubled, do not fret, and do not worry about your future. Do not be anxious. Jesus Christ finds it necessary to warn us about these worldly cares, the cares that do not take into consideration of God our Father in heaven. Why? Because they are sinful. Our anxieties are ineffective, unnecessary, and they hurt us. If you are worried and troubled about food and clothing in this way, in whom have you put your trust? In God? We are to trust the Lord that he will provide for us what we need. For this reason, Christ says, for the Gentiles seek after all these things. He says that because the Gentiles did not know the living God. Those who do not know God trouble their minds with the things of this world. Instead of being filled with the Holy Spirit by hearing his word, they are filled with worldly cares, filled with, with troubles, filled with anxieties. Those who do not know God simply cannot understand his providence. 
worldly cares are ineffective, as I said. For Jesus says, Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Imagine then, if you will, if you wanted to be a foot taller, what will you gain by going deep into thought of it, about it? What will you gain by beating yourself up over it? Continually being anxious on how you might be one foot taller. Would all that worrying and caring make you taller? Would it not be altogether ineffective to be anxious about such a, such a thing? Worldly cares are just as ineffective and also very unnecessary. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet Jesus says, I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. There is no need for these worldly cares that cause trouble. No need when we see how plentifully God provides for such inferior creatures as birds and flowers. No need for worldly cares. For we, my friends, have the gracious promises of God. God promised by saying, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We are not to doubt that God will make good by his promises. We are to care. We are to set our affection on things, things above and seek his kingdom. And our worldly cares and our anxieties, they're warned against, lastly, because they are hurtful to us. Stress. I bet that just when I say that word, it causes stress. It causes me stress to say the word stress. And stress is not only hurtful to our spiritual condition, but also to our physical condition. Yes, that has been shown in the medical world, but let us let our Lord do the talking. Jesus therefore says, Do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus Christ is not only concerned with our spiritual welfare, but also our bodily welfare. He truly wants to see us set free from the troubles and cares of this life. It is as if Jesus says, don't make yourself miserable by anticipating the troubles of tomorrow. Why bear down on your heart with the cares and fears that belong to another day? Why torment yourself? Why make this world to be darker and more unpleasant than it needs to be? Why worry about imaginary troubles, which perhaps, after all, may never come? 
And even if the troubles do come tomorrow, it will be bad enough to bear them when they do come. No, our Lord says, away with these cares. Trust in God, who had his beloved son, Jesus Christ, die on the cross for your sins. Seek the kingdom of God for the forgiveness of sins. The antidote for worldly cares. Believe in his word and promise that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he gives us our daily bread. And with your confidence resting securely on Christ, I pray that you are always able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.